Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, your weekly helping of wedding planning information and inspiration. This week's episode is all about streamlining your wedding. Inspired by organizational whiz, Marie Kondo will be encouraging you to take a long, hard look at your to-do list to separate the must-haves from the can-live-withouts. This episode marks our first ever podcast crossover. We're thrilled to be joined by the hilarious and insightful Alicia McCormick from the Bride Chilla podcast. Alicia has basically made a career out of delivering wedding planning real talk so her tips on decluttering your wedding will be invaluable to anyone who's feeling overwhelmed in the run-up to the big day if you've been listening to the podcast for a while you'll know that we're big fans of anything that can remove stress and add joy to the wedding planning process and we figure that if Marie Kondo can help people all over the world organize their homes maybe her method could help you get organized for your big day one fab day expert wedding tips. Each week on the podcast we offer up a little nugget of wisdom that we sincerely hope will make wedding planning easier for our listeners. So Selena, what's our tip this week? So our tip this week is annoyingly right after your wedding is over make a spreadsheet. (laughs) So make a spreadsheet of the gifts and the cards that you received Mm. from your guests for using when you come to do your thank you cards. Now, I was on the radio recently and someone asked me, are thank you cards still a thing? Please tell me they are. Absolutely. People have spent a lot of money and a lot of time sharing your day with you. And the least you can do is be grateful for it and send them a thank you card. Yeah, I think so. You could always do a digital one, you know, if you were trying to, you know, keep costs down or save the environment with one thank you card at a time. But uh, yeah, I do think it's nice to send thank you cards. And this spreadsheet is a way to just keep track of things because you know when you sit down six months later to get oh, your you pen out, you won't remember anything. You'll like barely remember, you know, who was at which part of the day. Mm. It will all seem like a big, beautiful, wonderful, joyful haze. But that won't help you when you're actually planning your thank you cards. I'd actually go one further and say set up the spreadsheet before your wedding. One, you're in the midst of wedding admin and you won't mind. And two you will actually get some gifts in the lead up to your wedding. So from people who mightn't actually be coming to the day, so say work colleagues or friends of your parents. So it's good to start keeping track from the outset so you don't forget in the haze of the build up to the wedding. Yeah, this is great for like neighbours who drop in with like a present and you're not even expecting it. So yeah, while you're in your spreadsheets, make a little copy of your guest list and get it started. I think this is 
going to be a helpful one. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. We are delighted to be joined on the phone today by OG wedding podcaster Alicia McCormick from the Bride Chilla Podcast. Alicia, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I love being OG. Only OG in nature, not in age. <laughs> Alicia. I, I want to say, I'm just going to butt in and go, welcome yeah. to the world of podcasting, ladies. Oh, thank I'm you. It's a great medium. You were made for it. I'm loving the show. Oh, thank and you. I'm just honoured to be invited to be I part of I had my show, podcast so debut you. on the Bright Chiller podcast and it was really fun. And it, it gave me the moxie to, to do this one. So thank you, Alicia. And I have to say, oh, good. when I was applying for this job, I binged your podcast, Alicia, because I was like, oh. I need all of the wedding information <laughs> that I can possibly oh. get. And it was a very enjoyable oh. way of doing that. Well, so thank it. you. That floats my boat. No, thank you. What a lovely, <laughs> gosh, we've all just really A good big enjoyed. pat on the back. Yeah, for everyone. <laughs> Everyone's great here. Feeling positive. Good. I love it. Alicia, <laughs> can you tell our listeners, if they're not up to speed, what is a bride chiller? Mm, this is very good. Well, a bride chiller is really, uh, and a groom chiller, I don't want to get all gender specific, mm-hmm. but the idea of a bride chiller, the show came to me four years ago, just after my husband Rich and I got married, and I realized that the wedding industry can be really overwhelming to a lot of people. You enter it and you start planning a wedding and you've just given a lot of logistics and jobs and things to do and there's money and it gets really complicated. And then you hear all about bridezillas, and I just think that term is actually a little bit bullshit, if I can mm-hmm. say it, because it sort of labels women especially that uh, you know might be a bit stressed and, and want to have an opinion about something. Thing. And I'm not making excuses. As you know, Claire, I've said this millions of times uh, when we've been talking before, but the idea that we have people that go, oh, she's just misbehaving because she's a bridezilla. She mm-hmm. just... And then you're like, that sucks. Why, when we feel a bit stressed and overwhelmed during quite an intense period of our lives, why should we be labeled this? So when I started my podcast, it used to be called the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, but unfortunately, the acronym of that is STD, and that is not great for weddings. So, oh, not very festive. About 100, no, hashtag STD, and people are like, oh, what's going on? So about 100 episodes in, one of my listeners had said, I, you know, you make me feel like a bride chiller, and I was like, man, that is a sexy term, because it really sums up what I try and do with my show, and that is empowering my listeners to feel comfortable with their choices, to not get stressed about the small things that really don't matter. The ends are consequential. It's a new mm-hmm. word. Um, I'll label that now. Uh, and really mm-hmm. that you should just enjoy the process and also be able to feel the feels and not feel bad about it as mm-hmm. well. Things get stressy and that's cool. You can say, I'm really not enjoying this. So in to answer in a very long form way, for me, a bride chiller is really about feeling in control and also just being able to do what you want to do, not feeling that you need to follow trends and traditions and feel the pressure of it all. When really, when it comes down to it, you're just planning a freaking amazing party for your other person. And hopefully people will come, or maybe not if you don't want anyone there, have a really great time. And it's interesting that you mentioned sort of the concept of feeling in control because that idea sort of inspired this episode today. Mm-hmm which Mm. is all about the organisational genius that is Marie Kondo. Now, just in case some of our listeners, there's two or three of them who haven't heard 
of Marie Kondo. We're going to give a very quick summary. So she is the Japanese tidying expert who's become a global phenomenon thanks to the organizational tips laid out in her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up and subsequent Netflix series. Her method, known as the KonMari method, is centered around the principle that you should only hold on to items that spark joy for you. So I'm a big fan of Marie Kondo's. I loved the show, loved the book. And I did wonder, is this a principle that we can apply to wedding planning? I think we very much can. And in a lot of ways, I subconsciously have a chapter in my book and a podcast, numerous podcast episodes that are in the spirit of Marie Kondo, but not quite in the spirit probably of the title of Marie Kondo. Uh, shall I just say what I think here? I'm just going to do it. <laughs> do it. Go for it. I have it. this concept called the fuck it bucket. <laughs> it's the hard ass way to be Marie Kondo when it comes to doing your wedding planning. And this was something I read on Reddit. So there was a thread and it was more of a general what you put in the fuck it bucket thing. So I was like, man, this would be a really good wedding based idea. So I just sat and I wrote down all of the things that I didn't think were necessarily 100% needed when it comes to weddings. And I think there's a lot of those things. And sure <laughs> I did have a ranty, so many. I did, I did a ranty, ravey episode that people really just like. And it's the first episode I say, if you've never listened to my show, it's episode 286. I always remember that now. If you've never listened to my show, just download it and just feel good about like, it's just people say, oh, Alicia, you give me permission to let go of stuff uh, in a similar way to Marie Kondo saying, you don't need, oh my gosh, I've got a big long list of things I want to share with you just to have a wedding. Because really, a wedding is about two people and potentially someone to make it legal if that is what you want. And some witnesses, again, if you need them. And that's what a wedding is. It doesn't need everything else. And I think we get so wrapped up in the idea that we need to have wedding favours or bonbonieri, as I say in Australia, <laughs> and chair covers. I've got feelings about those. And all these extra things. <laughs> oh, my gosh, we chair covers. So <laughs> but, annoying. yeah, there is something um, really yeah. freeing, say, like the night before your wedding when you realise there's no more time to do anything else and you're like... <laughs> You're supposed to be tying something onto something and you're like, oh, do you know what? Let's just scrap that. And that's just Let so freeing. And if brides and grooms could do that six months out, wedding planning would be a whole lot easier. Yeah. And I think sometimes you do get wrapped up and I know you've spoken about it on your show is the idea that we get information overwhelm. And as soon as you get engaged, if you're a Facebook user, you know, you and you click engage, suddenly you're being served all these ads and you're being told that you should lose weight and that you should have white teeth and you need hair extensions. Mm. So that's all the actual crappy stuff that's attached to body image. And then you're also, you know, maybe joining Pinterest boards and following Instagram hashtags, which are all fantastic for inspiration. But suddenly you go, oh, do I need all this stuff? Are people are doing all this? Or maybe this is what will make it a really good party. And then you can become completely, you know, ensconced in that world where it's really hard to disconnect from what you need and what you want versus what you feel pressured to then invest in, whether it's money or time. As you said, doing DIY projects that you think are really important, but actually you just want to pull your hair out by hour 17 of doing <laughs> something that you could have bought on Etsy. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I do think a lot of navigating this is weighing up your time, like whether it's worth it and and if you're going to get a payoff at the end of it because so many of these yeah. things you spend so much money on or so much brain energy on and then in the end no one notices it and like two weeks after your wedding you'll forget what it was all about when really totally. the important things are 
the things that spark joy. We did a um, a Q&A episode of the podcast recently where we asked listeners to send in questions and we answered them quick fire. And so many right. of them were, do I need a photo booth? Do I have to have decorations for the chairs? Do I need to have, you know, buttonholes? And our answer is always, no, you don't need to have any of these things. So I think that idea is really prevalent. And Alicia, you're very right to like rally against it with your fuck it bucket. I will say that we would like to slightly rebrand the fuck it bucket because so in Ireland, when we say feck it or fuck it, we mean like usually to be more extravagant and buy things. Yeah. So I, yeah. Yeah, So it's like, oh, Selena, should I buy these shoes? Ah, feck it, Claire. Yeah. (laughs) So to me, a fuck it bucket really is like a bucket full of stuff you don't need, but you were feeling a bit like fancy. So you got it anyway. So as much as the term is perfect. uh, It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I also am very interested in that bucket. Like, don't get me wrong. But for the purposes of this episode, I think we need to slightly change the title of the fuck a bucket so we came up with ditch list for a list of things that you can ditch yeah same principle same principle but yeah it it probably resonates with our listeners a little bit more and it's a bit it's a bit more pc if you've got kids in the car (laughs) yeah there's not there's not a physical bucket in mind yeah Yeah, it's more a paper and pen situation (laughs) so alicia you obviously didn't have this concept when you got married but looking back you know what would your ditch list have featured it's interesting because I think subconsciously we were very aware of not getting wrapped up in it all and I got married in 2012 so Pinterest was around but not really like what it is now mm. and you, I didn't have you know Instagram hadn't been had it been I didn't have it I wasn't cool enough if it was I don't <laughs> think it was invented um so I, a lot of the extra stuff it was sort of bunting and a lot of hessian what do we call hessian in this country in Australia yeah, called hessian. Hessian burlap. Burlap. Yeah. yeah burlap you know, all that sort of stuff. So it, you'd see a lot of those things. But we were very DIY. What I would put in my ditch list um, is probably a reverse thing. I would have asked for more help. I would have mm. hired a wedding planner or coordinator. So I would ditch my absolute need to do everything. And it wasn't a control thing. It was a slightly tight ass thing, as we'd mm. say in Australia. Yeah, You're trying we to have save that money. one here. <laughs> tight ass, good. Yeah. My American listeners are sometimes like, what are you saying? Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> That's not how they all speak, but they like when I take the piece out of it. Um, but the idea that, you know, we were sort of, I'm a TV producer by day, so I'm I'm a professional people organiser and also logistics organiser. So my brain goes, just goes into that. And I was like, I'll just do it all. I'll do everything. I'll do everything. And then by the morning of the wedding, we were still setting shit up. And I was like, oh, my God. I really wish we'd just paid someone 500 bucks or $1,000 or whatever it was to come and do all this stuff so I could actually sit and chat to my friends and have mm. my makeup done without feeling this overwhelming sense that I had forgotten something major. So my ditch list would have probably been in a more of an emotional thing to let it go and let someone else take responsibility because often we think we can do everything and we can, but why not just enjoy something you've put a year of your life into and not feel this burden of having to do everything? Mm. So that's probably my biggest thing. We had a really small wedding. We had 50 people, 56 people. And to be honest, I probably would cut 10 off that list now. Not because I didn't like them. <laughs> well, but, okay. um, Name and shame. <laughs> now let's go. <clears throat> No, but just, you know, I think about it and go, I talk a lot about obligation gifts 
in the world mm-hmm. of bride chiller. And I know you've done a great episode about guest lists and especially with Irish families as well. You've got a lot of people up there um, <laughs> and a lot of extra cousins are very important. Yeah. Totally get it. Yeah. But, uh, and you've got a lot, again, bigger families are prevalent there. And I think there's an obligation that you, as you said, you know, you feel like you need to invite everyone. But, um, you know, we had a couple of work friends who were lovely, but I don't work with them anymore. And now I should listen to my own advice. I probably would have gone in the time machine and maybe gone, stay at work. I love you, but (laughs) stay at work. (laughs) That is a great first entry to the ditch list. I think the idea of like ditching the pressure, whatever that pressure is that you put upon yourself Mm -hmm. to do things all by yourself. There's absolutely no benefit to that. I've been to so many weddings and hen parties and events where you know that people did something maybe to save money or to save time and they ended up spending Mm -hmm. more money and time than they would have if they just hired a professional to Mm -hmm. do it in the first place. And I think it's an interesting point, extending that into my life now, running a small business and working a full-time job. I'm a lot better now in listening to my own advice. And I say extend this into other other things in your wedding planning. And it goes, we always talk about DIY. And um, I saw a great thing today that said, why buy it for £7 when you can make it yourself for £92 of craft supplies? <laughs> and it, it, it made me laugh because I think sometimes we take things on and we're like, this would be really good. It'll be a nice project. And then yeah. you're sitting over three bottles of wine and you're like, oh, I just... Yeah, you're crying because you've glued your fingers together yeah. and you're like, this is not what marriage is supposed to be about. Exactly. When I think what of the I silly doing? things we did before the wedding that we never dream of doing now, like we drove around the back of B&Q to find a palette to put the menu on like we could there were printed menus on the table it wasn't necessary but like can you not buy palettes I'm sure you can but this was free it was around the back of B&Q it saved you at least you know nine euro yeah but it was just stealing from local services and companies and like we definitely went through I'd say 50 quids worth of gold spray paint you know just stuff like that that seems really important at the time and uh, like I still really like the photos those things turned out beautiful but yeah it just seems a bit like madness when real life sets back in and you've more important Mm. things to be doing with your time I think maybe if you're a hyper organized person listening to this a lot of you maybe need a ditch list like maybe you know everything that you're planning to do is going to happen perfectly in time but if you're at all feeling overwhelmed or like god I feel like time's running out or you realistically look at what you're supposed to be doing two weeks out one week out two days out and Mm. thinking maybe that's not going to get done then definitely it's time to sit down and work out this stuff ahead of time we're guilty of it too talking about ways to personalize your wedding and Mm. you know like print out a individual Polaroid of each person and write them a beautiful note and that's lovely and it will absolutely spark joy among your guests but (laughs) really like is that what you have time realistically to be doing the week before your wedding? I do think there's uh, the idea that I remember I was starting a point and I forgot it which is very normal for me about (laughs) running a small business and being able to outsource and Mm. I think we have access now to so many great websites like Fiverr and Upwork and, you know, there's lots of local uh, like graphic designers and finding people that have skills, task rabbits launched in the UK and Ireland as well. You, you can find someone to do anything for you if you're willing to pay. And that sounds seedy, but I don't mean it that way. <laughs> but really, if you go, I really want this. And I mean, of course, Etsy's a, it's, it's a, it's a whole website full of crafty, amazing people that will make that DIY project for you Mm. and if you pay for it and they'll send it to your house and you don't have to worry about it and you could even say, I made this and no one would ever know. (laughs) 
But I think you shouldn't be afraid to say, and you said this at the top of the show, Claire, that our time is really valuable and you should be thinking about your rate per hour. I really think we don't do this enough in all aspects of our lives. Yeah. How much am I worth? How much is my time worth? If I were to go to work, you know, some people are like, I'm not staying past five o'clock or I'm not staying past six because I'm so much an hour and you go, but you're home and then you're willing to just while away hours on stupid things where you could just pay someone else 15 euro or whatever it is to pay to do it and it's out of your hair. Yeah, I think a lot of people think there's a bit of a shame in not doing everything yourself. Like, oh, she got a wedding planner, I think, because it's not specifically in Ireland, but I think in the UK too, it's not in our culture to have a wedding planner in the same way as it is Mm. maybe in the US. And so there's something, it's seen as a little bit like notions that you think you're better because you have a planner or something yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like kind of like hiring like staff for yeah. your home, domestic <laughs> yeah. staff. How there's a bit of a, yeah, there's a bit of a like negative connotation to it, which like I would love to banish because yeah. really like wh- when you're talking about that, Alicia, I'm just imagining these poor couples spending like 48 hours straight tying little pieces of twine to other pieces of twine, you know, <laughs> when they probably have huge salaries and, you know, wouldn't work an hour overtime for less than exactly. 80 or 90 quid and I just have to ask myself why are these people doing it if you enjoy that if you're really like love crafts or if you're doing it maybe to like get your bridesmaids around or your pals mm-hmm. around that's different yeah. but yeah absolutely when when it's a case of time and money I think you gotta you gotta have value in your own resources and know your own value yeah absolutely there's a lot to be said about just yeah stepping back and asking yourself why you're doing any of these things or why you're choosing to have certain things at your wedding like selena we have a feature on the side about wedding non-essentials um which kind of do fall into this so um things like that are perfectly fine to have and there's no judgment if you do have them but also there's absolutely no point in stressing about them either so things like goodie bags for your bridesmaids Mm. or bouquets for the mums is another one that tends to be really popular but the mums kind of leave them on the day and they end up with a kind of sad droopy looking bouquet yeah yeah gifts for your other half (laughs) is another one that I think any couple can happily ditch if they're looking to save like time or money because you're giving each other a big expensive wedding you're going Mm. on a big expensive honeymoon probably you really don't need you know an extra piece of jewelry or something like that um I think gifts in general Selena I think the idea that we've become gifts insane Mm -hmm. and it really it really strikes a nerve with me because I think they're of course Everyone is aware that the wedding industry is a consumer industry. We go into what we we spend money. I'm not like some pinko commie not trying to get people to <laughs> not, you know, spend money. Some people are like, you just don't want to spend anything. I'm like, that is not my messaging. But I think we have been very, um, the industry has been quite clever in coming up with new gifts and things that make, they go, oh, we need to do a bridesmaid proposal gift and the bridesmaid thank you for doing my bridal shower gift and a bridesmaid, well, no, 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 So, and then you're like, I see people in it, we've got this great Facebook group for Bride Chiller and people are like, so I don't know what to do. What should I get my mother-in-law on the wedding day for a gift? And I'm like, what the hell is going on? When did that become a thing? And each week I see new uh, ways and also from Pinterest, people are like, advertising this is a really good father-in-law gift or this is a gift for your dj and it's just like (laughs) let it go stop giving gifts and i'm always saying everyone grab your pens and paper this is an important message yes everyone loves a personalized card if you have 
the feeling you should be giving someone something and especially your partner, write them the, I was going to swear, but I'm not going to do it. The best freaking, I'm really controlling myself, ladies. The best <laughs> Thank you. Card, it's just a card saying, I love you and I can't wait for this day. Make it up. That wasn't the best card, but something nice. <laughs> you know, as you said, you don't need to buy them a bangle or a watch or any of those other stuff. It's just people marketing stuff at us saying, you should be buying this because we're selling it to you. Don't get overwhelmed by it. And to be honest, if someone gives me a card that has actually like handwritten notation in it, I'm stoked because I'm like, who uses a pen anymore? Let's go. <laughs> Where did you find one of those? <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Like there are so many extras in the world of weddings that I hadn't even heard of five years ago, like mm. a wedding scent, like some oh, yeah. um, oh, beauty companies have a specific bridal scent. And like, again, if you're really into perfume, you might be more into perfume than you are fashion and your bridal scent might be a big deal to you. Like, all power to you go for mm. it but I think there's a lot of people out there who would feel like um I can just wear the scent that I wear every other day it doesn't mm. have to be a special you know scent scaping experience for me and my guests yeah there are so many extras that just kind of get pushed at us by the people who are I trying to sell those I got a lot of those, those um, wedding Yankee candles in the lead of our wedding oh are they Thank scented you. or are they just yeah they're scented okay Great, worth the money? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, like white roses, I'm going to say. Listener, you can't see Claire's face, but she's just squinting and shaking her I head. I am a bit of a candle snob, but uh, yeah. They, they were passed I on to candle. someone else. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> Traditions are another thing that I think a lot of couples are coming around to the idea that mm-hmm. it's very safe to ditch a tradition. These days, yes. couples are having their ceremonies their own way. They're choosing who they want in their wedding party or not having any at all. Um, and they're they're doing the things like the who walks you up the aisle, whether or not you have a first dance, who makes the speeches. And I think they're all things that every couple should have a, a conversation about and decide how they want to tackle them and if they want to ditch some of them altogether. I was a big fan yeah. of ditching a lot of these for our wedding. Yeah, you ditched a lot of the conventions and I have to say as a guest at your wedding I didn't notice. I wouldn't have come away from your wedding being like, God, she really like tore up the rule book. I was They didn't cut a cake. Yeah. A scandal. I, I didn't notice <laughs> any of those traditions that were left out at all. You know, it's not something the guests are thinking about if you've managed the flow of the day well and you've got like a beautiful party lined up for everyone, they're going to be too busy having fun to think about like, well, when's the bouquet toss? I am <laughs> outraged. Totally. And I go back to, you know, like we joked about chair covers and no disrespect. I sometimes get a bit of hate mail from chair cover people uh, <laughs> and that's fine. You know, let it go, girlfriend. Let it go. You do you, boo. But I feel like sometimes we get a bit stressed about these small elements that actually, as a guest, I know I am more... Uh, concerned about is there a drink in my hand and what's the dessert then oh is the chair covered with some lycra latex looking condom thing with a bow on the back has the chair preserved its modesty that's all I want to know god forbid we see a naked chair and no one is leaving if they are leaving your wedding going oh well the wedding was beautiful but did you see those chairs and it's just not ever going to happen and if it is, then we need to rethink what the, what the hell the wedding was about. But, you know, I think you can add that to anything. And, and traditions, like you said, I've done lots of episodes about traditions where I've learned a lot about where the traditions come from. And it's old, ancient shit that has no relevance to us as uh, men and women, people in 2019 and beyond. And I think if a tradition is meaningful to you and it, it jazzes you when you listen about it, 
uh, great. Even things like, you know, a bouquet, because we used to stink. We were <laughs> gross. We didn't wash. We were putrid. And so they'd put a bunch of flowers in the girl's hand. because <laughs> Oh, that makes so much sense. Guy. Yeah. So it's like we she reeked, but like she's got to have sex with this guy at the end of the aisle who maybe didn't even know her at this stage. Who knows? Uh, but they had to cover up the scent of her own God knows what. So you, when you look at it and you go, your bouquets are great, but traditionally it was about that. And then also wedding cakes. You know, if you look back into it, I've got, had this great um, guest, The Feminist Bride, who, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard about. She's got a great blog. She's got a fantastic yeah, that's, book that's, that's all great. about the traditions. Yeah, and, and she came on my show and she said, do you know the history of the wedding cake is quite grim in the sense of it reflects the breaking of the hymen. Oh cutting into the cake. Yeah. And yeah. That's I'm never going to look always... at a wedding cake the same way. That's not appetizing. <laughs> now, that's like, you know, no one's, I'm not, I'm going to eat 50 million cakes in my life and I'm not going to think about hymen. You probably will now. I've talked about it again. But it is that thing No one going, could ruin cake oh, for me, don't worry. <laughs> no, exactly. And I'm not saying don't have a cake. But I do think empowering yourself with knowledge and understanding why you're doing certain things is really great. And we should be doing that more in every part of our life. Mm. But especially going, why, you know, if you don't want your dad to walk you down the aisle or your stepdad or someone, walk yourself down the aisle or walk in with your partner. Like, don't feel like you have to do all this stuff. Ditch it. I'm a big believer in Mm. good instinct. And I suppose this kind of comes back to Marie Kondo's idea of holding something in your hand and asking if it sparks joy for you obviously we can't do that with Mm -hmm. the intangible things that pertain to our weddings but I like what you said earlier Alicia about kind of getting in a time machine or like if you can close your eyes and call me a hippie if you must and place yourself in your (laughs) wedding day and kind of try and feel the feelings you will feel about the chair covers or the wedding favors or you know the bridesmaids dresses that all perfectly match and ask yourself is that a big part of you know, the energy that I'm feeling Mm. and the happiness I'm feeling, Mm. or is it just another detail that I can happily sacrifice for something else that's more meaningful to me? Yeah, like for me, uh, the the tables were really important. Like it was so important to me that there was just a room filled with candles and it had a real glow about it. So in that way, the aesthetics Mm. were important. I wanted it to feel really rustic and casual and like an elbows on the table kind of meal. And so in that way, the aesthetics were, I really cared what the tables looked like and that there was no linens on them and things like that. So there's mm-hmm. absolutely no shade and no shame in caring about these things. It's just about working out what you do care about and what you don't. Totally. And again, I, yeah, I, I don't ever want anyone to go away listening. And I'm sure you both as well saying, oh, but I really, that, I care about that. And I really care about the chair covers. We need to have talk, but that's not that's not the point of. It's more about saying allow it to just wash over you and let that stuff go that just doesn't have any point to it, and you will thank us all for it after the fact, guaranteed. Can I add one that really bothers me? And I see a lot of discussion about it, and I just need to get it off my chest. Go um, for it, yeah. That's bridesmaid shoes. No one gives a shit what your bridesmaids are wearing on their feet. And no one will look at them unless they're wearing steel-capped working boots. And even then, I'd good be on into them. That. Yeah, me too. I probably <laughs> would want to look at them and ask questions. But there's a lot of fuss and stress about what bridesmaids wear on their feet. And to be honest, who cares? Don't let it bother you. It's not worth it. 
move on. Yeah, I see it as being a very generous thing if a bride, you know, springs for identical shoes for um, her whole bridal party. Like we were actually in London talking to Charlotte Mills, the shoe designer, mm, and she told us great. that this bride brought all of her bridesmaids abroad specifically to pick out shoes. And it was like, they're, wow. we're buying our shoe trip. And I was like, <laughs> deadly to be her mate. She's obviously like very fancy and swanky in uh, the best possible way. But by no means is that expected of any no. couple at all. You know, I think most uh, bridal party members are just happy if they're happy with their outfit. And comfortable. And comfortable with their outfit. Yes. And, that, you know, and again, like anything, and I know... So in my show, a lot of my listeners are in the States. I've got a bunch of listeners in Australia and then, of course, the Europe. Um, but there are many different customs. And, you know, in Australia, we buy our um, own, you know, you, you would generally sort of buy your own bridesmaids dresses and stuff and attire. And, you know, in America, a lot of the times the brides or the couples purchase the, the dresses for, I mean, you know, things change. What, what happens in Ireland? Who pays for what? Uh, generally, the bride, if she's choosing what they're wearing. Yeah, she will pay. So, you know, I think there's different etiquette depending on who's paying and, you know, how well everyone gets along. But it's really hard when you're asking someone, if, if you're asking for people to pay for things and you're sort of dictating what they're going to wear, there's obviously a sense of wanting to please and make sure you're happy. But it's also like just be mindful of what people want and 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 the body image and their shape and how they feel about themselves and all that sort of stuff as well can can really be make a big difference to how things work when you're just mindful of all the little extras that you're asking of your mm. people. In the same vein, another topic that you talk about a lot on your show is other people and the drama that can arise from weddings, mm. whether it's parents, bridesmaids, guests. And that's another thing that you should absolutely try and ditch where you can. Totally. And I think there is a lot of, you know, family. And, and this is really what, when you asked what bride chiller is, I suppose people say to me, Alicia, after 360, whatever it is, episodes, are you sick of talking about weddings? And I'm like, actually, a lot of my show is about, you know, communication and people and mental health. It's not really about weddings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think when we get to the stage of getting hitched, you know, with whoever you're marrying, you're both bringing all your baggage to the relationship, which is what makes us us. But also you bring all your family stuff, your friends stuff, expectations of other people's weddings, drunk promises from back at uni where you're like, oh, you'd be my bridesmaid. And then they're like, I'm going to hold you to that in 15 years' time. And you're like, I don't even like you, but now I feel like I'm going to bring you on anyway. (laughs) You know, I talk a lot about trying to use this time in your life where you, you're sort of doing, and I, I don't believe in the fresh start because I think a lot of people, we're all adults, we're probably all boning and living together. It's not like it used to be. But the idea that we can use this as a good mark in our life to make decisions that are good for us, Mm. And that might be standing up for yourself and saying, I don't want the 60 cousins to come to the wedding, mum. I love them and we can have a, we can have an afternoon tea with them down the track, but we just want a small wedding. Mm. And defying having that moment with a parent where you actually say, thank you. Uh, I really, one of my favourite phrases is, that's not going to work for me. And mm-hmm. it's a really great way to shut stuff down. And to say, mum, thank you so much for the, your opinion, but that's not going to work for us. So we've decided to do this. So I think that when it comes to uh, communication and relationships and all of the white noise that can come from 
planning a party, which is both emotive and also financially can be a really big burden for people, it's a great time to just wipe the slate and actually go, what makes us happy? What is good for us? And of course, don't be an asshole at the same time. You know, this is about being mindful of how to communicate, but also on another pathway saying, listen, I don't want to be manipulated. I don't want to do obligation stuff. I just want to get this done and we want to have a really nice time. And then it might, you know, free you up in the future to be able to communicate in a better way to the people around you and not feel that obligation because obligation sucks in it any sure part does. of our lives. And if we can shake it off and feel the strength of being able to go, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, which a lot of us struggle with. It's great. I feel like we all need to do like a Taylor Swift style shake it off. Don't <laughs> oh my God, I'm doing it now. That would be the perfect way to wrap up the episode. If I had one message that I would like the listener to take away from this episode is that your ditch list is not my ditch list. It's not Claire's ditch yeah. list or Alicia's no. bucket bucket. Everyone's yeah. is different. Yeah. And yes, it might have ring boxes and fancy hangers and kids <laughs> accessories for the, when they're walking down the aisle on there. It equally might not. <laughs> this episode is not about telling you what to put on your list or what not to put on your list, but about giving mm-hmm. you permission to make that list for mm-hmm. yourself and actually crack out your copy of Marie Kondo's book maybe if you must yeah. and try and tap into what's really important to you and what you can just say goodbye to right now. I salute you and I support you and I hope everyone listening takes a minute to just really think about all of the things we've talked about today to add things to the list. And you don't have the good thing about my bucket and the ditch list is that you can just you can teeter on the edge. Just Flirt with it a little bit. <laughs> Pop it in and see how it feels. And then yeah. take it out if it's not great. The ditch list is not permanent. <laughs> you could apply that to so many <laughs> It's not etched in stone. You know, you can put it in there. If, if your ditch list is on a spreadsheet, you, you can, can put it in it there, again. take it yeah. out. That's what Control yeah. Z is for. Yes, yes, exactly. It's just like, just, just feel that. Just flirt and feel it and go, oh, it feels good. It's going to go in there. Or no, this means a lot to me. Take it back. Alicia, not only have you been wonderfully insightful, but you have made me laugh so much (laughs) that I might need to go and take my inhaler. Uh, We might have to pause recording for this. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Before we let you go, we want to give you an extra shout out for the Bride Chiller podcast, which you can find wherever you find your podcasts. Absolutely. And you're also a published author. Can you tell everyone about your books? Oh, thank you for letting me do that. Look, I have written three books now. Um, you'll find them at bridechillerstore.com. Uh, I will personally send the books if you order in, in Ireland or England or anywhere. I wrote Can you not outsource by- that at this stage, Alicia? Have you not listened to your own <laughs> advice? <laughs> Funny story is in America, we've got a warehouse. And in Australia, our warehouse is Rich's mum, Veronica. Uh, <laughs> she's been to Veronica. Sweet. Oh, Veronica loves it. She's been on the show a few times. Everyone loves a bit of V. She's, gas. she's hilarious. She tells it like it is. She takes no prisoners. She's quite straight with everyone. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we distribute here because, you know, we're independent producers. So, uh, anyway, quick, quick thoughts. Bright Chiller Survival Guide, it's my wedding planning, like, hardcore reading guide and then we've got the field guide which is a take outable fill-aroutable planner which actually gives you all of the questions to ask vendors so you can tick them off with each uh, visit you might have to a different vendor and then we've got the maid chiller manual which is our bridesmaid guide and I say our I talk like there's 50 of us it's just me and my husband Rich um, and that's to help your bridesmaids learn how to be chill 
and also get into the bride chiller mindset so you can all work together to and end the, the relationship chair. even better. Yeah, even better than when you started. And we also just launched our Oh Shit kit, which is our day of kit for brides and grooms if they want. And it's got things like a sewing kit and some scissors and a little all this stuff in it. So we just make things that we really want to buy ourselves. And I love making things. I would so just love to point out that at the start of this episode, I asked Alicia if she could refrain from swearing. And you've done a top I've torn so much. But that's the brand name. Oh, she gets the brand. Please, on behalf Listen, of, can I just apologise? You do you is our mantra here. So I couldn't begin to tell you no. to not swear. Again? I did I that in it. error. I, oh, my gosh. Who am I apologising to? I'm apologising to the audience. And the nation of <laughs> Listen, there is a little, there's a little button we can tick on the podcast that says yeah. explicit content. We'll tick it and it'll be worth every moment. Alicia, thank you so much for thank your guidance you. and your inspiration and the lols. You've been Absolutely. great. Oh, so my pleasure. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to have you on my show too. Woo! One fab day. Listener dilemmas. Now we've come to one of our favourite parts of the week when we put our heads together to solve one of your wedding planning related predicaments. Claire, you've chosen our listener dilemma this week, am I right? I have. It's a long one, but I think it will help a lot of couples. Okay, let's hear it. The venue we booked some time ago has recently redecorated the main function room where we will be having our dinner and spending most of our day. We were not aware that they were changing the room until it was completed and we were only able to see the room after we'd made our big payment and 12 weeks to our wedding day, so leaving us with very little options. The room has gone from a nice, bright, clean slate with white walls, perfect for decorating, to now a very beige mushroom colour, much darker room with strong geometric wallpaper on two large walls, which now make it a very, very different room with a very different, now formal feel to what was a bright and breezy room we booked months ago. I could go on, but suffice to say, the room is not to my taste at all. And I feel really let down by the venue, but feel there is nothing we can do about it. The venue have been unapologetic with the wedding planner simply saying she didn't do it. Do we have any rights here or is there anything I can do? Um, The first thing you have to do is dig out your contract. Yeah, everything we can tell this person depends on what's in their contract. Yeah, Um, like... Anecdotally, I would have thought that they should absolutely let you know when you make a booking about any planned changes to the space. That's just good venue management. Um, And the fact that they didn't is really, really disappointing. Yeah, I felt my face screw up a little bit when she was describing how the room looks now. Uh, It definitely isn't what she booked and what she's put a deposit down for. But again, if they have something like a clause in the contract that says, you know, they're at liberty to change the spaces at any time she really doesn't have much comeback unfortunately now there are obviously things she can do to make the most of the room um, but I don't think that's what she's asking I think she's asking you know can I like basically move to a new venue yeah. or get my deposit back which yeah. unless the contract is clean she probably can't no I think at this point it's about pulling out fires so I would say you kind of have to make your peace with it. If there's no comeback, make your peace with it and move on. Decide you're going to have the best day ever. You're going to enjoy the venue and maybe recruit a stylist to help you make the room look the best it can. Yeah, and you can maybe have a little bit of a play around with the flow of the day as well. Like Mm -hmm. maybe if you're planning to have drinks in that room, you could ask the venue as possible to move them to another part so you're not spending quite so much time Yeah, that's a good idea. And as well, you know, think about the positives that like the reception room really what you're doing is eating listening to speeches and 
dancing to a band. So it's not the most visually stimulating part of the day, which is one slight consolation point. Yeah, and everyone will say this to you and I know it means nothing to you now, but you will still have the absolute best day ever. So don't worry about that. No, I love this man and there's no way that I'm going to give him up to some two-faced, big-haired food critic. Now for something that's not your wedding. Here at One Fab Day, we firmly believe that wedding planning should be fun. But if, for whatever reason, it stops being fun, we recommend stepping away from spreadsheets and taking a little break from it all. Each week on the podcast, we suggest an alternative to wedding planning admin, and it's Selena's turn to choose the one this week. Claire, I know you're going to agree with me on this one. It is The Shakeaway, <laughs> which I'd like to think you're co-creator of The Shakeaway. I am, mean? but I love that you're trying to make this a thing. <laughs> it is going to be a thing, Claire. Okay, so a shakeaway is when you shake up your takeaway, whatever yes. that means to you. So it might mean that you're going on to your takeaway app of choice mm-hmm. and getting one dish from one restaurant and another dish from another restaurant, combining them. In one delivery order, you made a money. I sure (laughs) or it might be something as simple as going to your local Chinese and on the way home going to your local chipper yes to combine those two delicacies that was the founding shakeaway in question yeah and we got an Indian it was the Indian itself though had chipper chips which was quite bizarre yeah, my local takeaway is a Chinese and an uh, Italian chipper in one, which is really handy, which is kind of part of my I'm very this. suspicious of two don't in be, one takeaways. Don't be, it's delish. Uh, a pick, friend, a f- pick a lane. <laughs> a friend of ours as well, uh, because she's really into cooking, often adds an extra element to yes. the takeaway because she's quite a good cook. So she always makes her own, is it chapati? Yes, yeah. yeah. And she puts it in a little chapati pocket to keep it warm. Yeah, so it just makes your takeaway feel a bit like more homemade and like it's a bit extra of a treat. Yeah, but I do think with that one, like if you're going to the lack of effort to have a takeaway, really go all in and don't cook as well. Well, okay, maybe you're not on board with the takeaway, (laughs) Claire. No, I am, I am. I'm sorry for now saying it. I just uh, I just don't know if it's big enough to go mainstream. Just okay, yet. listeners, let me know if you try the shakeaway, how you shake up your takeaway. And the one thing I'll say is you won't be thinking about your wedding. No, while you're that's doing, for while sure. While you're doing this recommendation. <laughs> all right, so it fulfills the brief. Thank you very much. It does, it does. Thank you, Selena. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. We'll be back with another episode next Monday. But in the meantime, we want to hear from you. And we want to hear what you're putting on your ditch list. You can email us at hello at onefabday.com or slide into our DMs on social. We're at One Fab Day on all the major social channels. We'd also really love if you could help us spread the word about our little labour of love by rating, reviewing and subscribing to the podcast if you haven't already. And by recommending it to all of your engaged pals or anyone who you think would enjoy it. And don't forget to visit us online at onefabday.com where you'll find daily planning and style features from Claire and myself. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.